Happy Friday. I don't know if any day is happy exactly right now. These are intense, crazy days that we all have. Uh, glad you're with us. 130 days to go until you, we, the people, you are the ultimate jury. You actually now have the media mob saying when Trump is defeated. I like when they're overconfident. I love when they're cocky. I don't care about their polls. Um, and I always like to look at elections realistically. I, I am of the mind that anything can happen. It's we, the people, that will decide. It's, it's amazing how they did when, when. I think the mob and the media especially, you know, they got all jazzed up, worked up, giddied up over this whole, you know, Hillary's going to be president, first woman, woman in history is going to be president, and then something happened along the way, and, you know, of the 200 or 300 polls before the election, like, you know, there were like eight or 10 or 16, I think is the maximum that ever said that Donald Trump even had a shot at winning the election. So they want to make it like a fait accompli. Uh, there's one article out there that says Biden has a historically large lead over Trump, but it could disappear. Just ask Michael Dukakis or George W. Bush. Um, I, I don't think now's the time to be looking at, at polls, to be very honest. But, and let me tell you one of the first things. I, if you're going to look at an election realistically and you really care what the result is in 130 days, there's only there's one thing you can all do that can mitigate, help mitigate, you know, the idea that the media wants this weak, this kind of confused, kind of pathetic even, uh, ghost of a candidate, Joe Biden. I mean, he snuck out of his, his basement, you know, underground bunker for five minutes and screwed up again yesterday. I mean, he cannot hold it together. And I will tell you, Terry McAuliffe, you might, I, I've been quoting him a lot all week. And when he said in the Zoom call, I'm, I'm fine with Joe in the base. I'm fine. It was these two people a day. Let Trump go out there and let him talk. Don't let Joe talk. And I've been making the case that we're not paying attention to the fact that this guy hasn't held a press conference in 85 days. This guy's nowhere to be seen. And when he comes out and it's sort of like he pokes his head out for five minutes and says something, he's got to poke his head right down. This was yesterday's debacle, 120 million dead Americans. Listen. Now we have over 120 million dead from COVID. Every single solitary issue that we now have before us, we need to ask, what would, where does Joe stand on this? Where does, yes, the weak, the, the ever-confused ghost of a candidate, Joe Biden, stand? Because it's like he's, he's sort of almost like non-existent. There's a reason Terry McAuliffe is fine with him being in the in the basement bunker. Because he thinks it's safer down there. And their strategy is, is that, well, we could just win because he's not Donald Trump. And that's going to help us win. And we've got the mob and the media. And, you know, they're, they're going to slippery ramp diversion a Trump everything. They wake up every sing single second minute hour of every 24 hour day, which they've done now for four years. You know, but remember this, Joe's been in office 51 years. What has Joe done? We have his record over eight years. The mob is not going to tell you about his failed economic record. They're not going to remind you about the 150 billion in cash and other currency he dropped on a tarmac in Iran for the mullahs that chant death to America, death to Israel. They're not going to remind you that 13 million more Americans were on food stamps eight years after eight years of Barack and Joe. 
and 8 million more in poverty and the lowest labor participation rate since the 70s. They're not going to remind you it was the worst recovery since the 40s or the lowest home ownership rate in 51 years and that they combined, they took on more debt than all 43 presidents before them combined. They're not going to do their job. But the question is, what has he done in 51 years? Now, we know he's praised the former, you know, Grand Poobah of the Ku Klux Klan. And, you know, they speak glowingly and, and was so against, quote, predators and all the other things that he said over the years and his position on segregation and those comments, et cetera, et cetera. I know a lot of people might not be paying attention to it, but I am. You know, the Democrats, what they what they're running on right now is we're not Trump. That's it. And they think that's that's what's going to make them win. And they think but the in the end, with the help of the mob and the media, that there'll be enough anti-Trump votes out there to literally take somebody. And it's a fair question. They asked it of Reagan. Does he have the strength, the stamina, the mental alertness to be the president of the United States? Because every time I see Joe come out of his bunker, I'm not convinced he has any of that. And I think Terry McAuliffe pretty smart guy has figured that out that the only way they can win is just to keep him in the basement bunker and let Trump go out there and fight all the fights that he's fighting and and they think that's going to be enough you know the media they're so dedicated to protecting Biden they were dedicated to protecting Obama there was a reason that myself and a few others vetted Obama because the mob and the media never would do it i'll remind you the one question that he got about heirs and Dorn. He starts his home, his political career in the home of unrepentant domestic terrorists, and nobody cared. You know, this guy, the Church of GD America, white folks' greed runs the world in need, all of that stuff. What is, an, what is a community organizer? What is Alinsky all about? And all the details and, and the Chum gang and, you know, Frank Marshall Davis. We went through all of that. Well, black liberation theology with its roots in, in socialism and and radical uh, statism. You know, the you know, th this is a powerful force that Donald Trump is running against. And remember, if you're a Republican, you got to run the table. You got to get Florida, Georgia. You got to get North Carolina. You got to get Ohio. Must get Ohio. It's a must win state. Then you got to try and pick off. You got to hold Arizona. Uh, never easy. Then you got to fight for states, Pennsylvania. By the way, does, do Pennsylvanians know what will happen to the natural gas industry if Joe wins? Then you got to look at the jobs. I was with the president in Wisconsin. They're building 20 huge Navy ships. They were down to 50 workers in the shipyard I was at yesterday. And they're going to hire as many as 10,000 people. And, and the ships they're building, I saw them. It is stunning. They're spectacular. They're amazing. It's beyond impressive. But those are 10,000 jobs for people in Wisconsin. The China trade deal that nobody ever tried to get, that Trump got, helped the dairy farmers. Just like the trade deal, the new trade deal with Canada, the president took care of Wisconsin dairy farmers. Uh, then there's Michigan. Remember, Biden, Obama said those jobs ain't never coming back. Well, they came back. You know, pre-corona in record numbers. You know, Joe's been in there 51 years. Schumer, 45 years. Pelosi, 40 years. Remember, you're going to get Joe Schumer Pelosi. You want that America? Because that America, to me, will, if they get power, then it becomes unrecognizable. Freedom dies out with it. Why did, I, why did I write this book I'm releasing in 39 days? Live free or die America and the world on the brink. 
Not a game to me. You want to win an election. Let me tell you how you need to feel today. 130 days out. You need to feel like we got two minutes left in the game. It's a two-minute drill. Linda has no idea what this means. Most of you do. And you've got no timeouts. You got to get that ball and you got to cross the plane. Then you got to kick the extra point and you got to put it through the uprights to win. And then you got to put Michigan in play, Wisconsin in play, Pennsylvania in play, and maybe even Minnesota in play. And I would also try and put New Hampshire in play and Maine second district in play. Very important. Even that one electoral vote means the world if you're trying to get to 270. And then you got to look for Nevada and New Mexico and Arizona and put those states in play. And then you got to hold every other state. It's not easy. It is it is so the deck is so stacked against the president. No amount of money this president raises is going to begin to match a mob in the media that is so committed, so dedicated into destroying and isolating and diminishing and undermining all things Trump. They will never talk about the successful record. They won't talk about his promises made, his promises kept. They won't talk about record after record after record low unemployment for African-Americans, Hispanic Americans, Asian Americans, women in the workplace, youth unemployment, African-American youth unemployment. They're never going to talk about it. They don't care about the truth. All that they're now just declaring when Trump loses. I actually heard this. Those words when not if. You know, I, I guess we smelly Walmart Trump supporting shoppers. You know, I guess we didn't get the memo yet because they would love to deflate your enthusiasm. And you know what? I can't guarantee you today that anybody's going to win. You have to make that decision. I'm I'm one person with one vote in New York. Not that crucial or critical in, in terms of I don't live. Well, I need to get the hell out of here, to be honest. I don't live in a state that it's probably going to matter. No matter what Donald Trump did to save New York, which he did, you know, because of the utter, complete incompetence and stupidity of all de- all things Democratic run government here. You want to know what America is going to look like? Look at New York. Look at New York State. Look at New York City. Look at New Jersey. Look at look at Pennsylvania, you know, in the sense that, you know, pre look at what the governor did with COVID-19. Look at Michigan under Governor Whitmer. Look at California. Look at look at Washington state. And you'll see what will happen to America. There's a reason that people are fleeing these states. They're fleeing because of oppressive bureaucracy, ridiculously high taxation, limits on freedom at, at a level that I never thought could happen to America. And people are just saying they're getting out of here. New York is like going to be a city is going to be a shadow of its former great self. It's never going to collapse. It's an international city. You know, I I asked this question of a friend of mine who works on Wall Street. I said, what if Wall Street ever just began to realize that they can make a lot more money if they headquarter their businesses in Texas or Florida or Tennessee or wherever it happens to be? Now, there's one little sneaky little sidebar to that, which is, Yeah, they make special deals in New York for special companies only. Oh, think of the think of the whole Amazon deal that Casio Cortez stupidly killed. I mean, deal was in place. They want they will use every single divisive tactic that they have. They will try to undermine and silence every conservative voice that they think might even be slightly effective. Uh, Rush, Levin. Hannity, Ingram, etc. It's I'm telling you, this is the game that to them. 
And massive amounts of money are being spent in that direction to monitor every single sentence, word, phrase, whatever, to, to try and, and, and somehow diminish any impact we might have. But it's really going to come down to you. It's going to be up to you. Irredeemable deplorables that cling to your God, your Second Amendment, your, your Bibles, your faith, your religion, and you like to shop at Walmart because you save a lot of money shopping at Walmart. You know, it's it's going to be Biden. It's going to be Chuck. It's going to be Nancy combined. We got one hundred and fifty years of failure just with those three. You know, whoever the vice presidential nominee happens to be. Is there a lot at stake? It's all uh, it's all on the line. It's all on the line. So let them be confident as they want. I am telling you it's winnable, but I'm telling you nobody knows where this is going to end. We probably the issues that greatly impact the final decision of people haven't occurred yet. How quickly we will we see that V recovery? We're beginning to see signs of it. How quickly will we see that? How you know what what is what is the state of Corona? Or how good are the treatments? Did we get to the vaccine fast enough? That'll impact the race. There are things that then you're going to have numerous October surprises. I'm telling you, they're already planned. It's not if it's what they are. And again, you can never raise as much money as the mob. The mob is free every second minute, hour, 24 hour day, seven day a week. And it's almost all of them with very few exceptions. This show being one of them. So the mob, the media, they're going to just understand they can declare all they want. This race is over when Trump loses, when Trump loses. okay. I'm just going to tell you the absolute truth. I do not know. What's going to happen in 130 days? That's the absolute truth. But I can also tell you another truth. Neither do they. You know, by by the way, you know, predictions are great, right? You can make predictions all you want. Right now, it's 50-50. You can either pick the ghost, the forgetful, the ever-confused, weak Joe Biden, or Donald Trump. And but I but there there are forces that have aligned. The deck is stacked against Donald Trump. It's against any Republican. You not you start out without New York, New Jersey, Illinois, or California. What is California? What fifty four electoral votes? It's massive. And there's a reason that I keep pointing out. Look at these big cities. They haven't fixed the crime problems in Chicago. Look at Baltimore. Thirteen public high schools. Third highest per capita spending of any of any city in the industrialized world. And you have 13 high schools where not one child can is proficient in math. Well, this is these are cities that have been run by liberal Democrats for decades. States that have been run by liberal Democrats into the ground. This mass exodus out of New York and New Jersey and, and even Pennsylvania, Michigan and and California. It's happening for a reason. And then they're going to protect the forgetful ghost, the ever-confused Joe Biden. We're going to hit that next, and we'll also get a lot of calls in today. 800-941-SHAWN. You want to be a part of the program. All right, 130 days. Thanks, Scott Shannon. 800-941-SHAWN. You want to be a part of the uh, program. First, I got to say this. I, I um, For a very small period in my life, I had just fallen off a roof, broke, I literally, two and a half stories fall on my arm, and I... It, I broke my radial head, totally dislocated where from my elbow down, it was like, you know, separate and apart from the rest of my arm. I threw it in place. It was like one in a million shot. Anyway, I needed money. I didn't, wasn't working. 
I I had like two hundred bucks in the bank, so I got a job at a shipyard, Blount Marine, in Rhode Island at the time. And this guy Mac hires me, and you know, then he sees me. I, I have a busted arm, and he sees me like two days later. He goes, "What's up with the arm?" I said, "I really need the job." Yeah, he, oh, he's like ready to kill me. He was nice enough. He goes, "Okay, see that house over there? That's Mister Blount's house. Don't let him see you." For the next two weeks. And if you're not better, you're out of here. And it was a pretty quick recovery. Anyway, long story short. And I I just bring that up because we're going to fix this economy. And we're going to change this country. And we have all the possibilities in the world to make everything great again. And the ingredients are there. And it's all done by the American people. And the mob can predict all they want that this is over. And it's not. Um... This is Joe literally out of his basement bunker for like five seconds yesterday in Pennsylvania. And, and I mean, the optics, he can't even answer questions in like a barbecue setting in somebody's backyard. Just just pay close attention to this. And the only reason I brought up the shipyard thing, just to finish the thought, is that these ships were magnificent. I saw being built in Wisconsin. And, and as I'm driving the lines of people all along the streets, I mean, just to be a part of that and witness that and see that was incredible. And I, I'm just telling you, the mob and the media say when he loses, which some are saying, I am telling you, they haven't heard from you. We, the American people, you will decide this. The people of Wisconsin, they're going to have a big say in who the next president is. And the same with Pennsylvania and Ohio and North Carolina and Florida, and Georgia, and, and the great people of Michigan, and even Minnesota, Arizona, Nevada, New Mexico, New Hampshire, Maine, 2nd Congressional District. Oh, you're all going to play the part. They can, they can tell you they know where this is headed. I can't. Neither can they. I'm just being more honest about it. Uh, and they have a stacked deck. But they have another problem. That is, they've got this candidate of theirs that is weak. I've never witnessed such a weak candidate for the presidency of my life than Joe Biden. That's why they want him to hide in the basement. He only sees two people a day as two body men, because when he comes out for five minutes, this is what you get. And now we have over 120 million dead from COVID. If you agree with me, go to Joe 30330. I'm here to ask you for your help. Where I come from, you don't get far unless you ask. My name's Joe Biden. I'm a Democratic candidate for the United States Senate. Look me over. If you like what you see, help out. If not, vote for the other guy. Give me a look, though, okay? We choose truth over facts. Play the radio. Make sure the television, the, excuse me, make sure you have the record player on at night. The, the, the phone. Make sure the kids hear words. No man has a right to raise a hand to a woman. We have to just change the culture, period, and keep punching at it and punching at it and punching at it. Poor kids are just as bright and just as talented as white kids. But if Donald Hunt Donald Trump is reelected. <laughs> Freudian slip. Donald Trump does pose an external strength to this. The, it's not hypothetical. We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by go. You know the you know the thing. Words that stun the nation, and I would argue, I know, shocked the world. International leaders spoke about it. You had people like Margaret. Thatcher, excuse me. You had people like the, the former chairman and leader of the party in in Germany. 
you had Angela Merkel. Just like in my generation, when I got out of school, that uh, when Bobby Kennedy and Dr. King had been assassinated in, in the 70s, uh, late 70s, when I got engaged. My son, the one who, my deceased son, was the Attorney General of the United States, and before that, he was a federal prosecutor in one of the largest offices in the country, the, in, in Philadelphia. Look, tomorrow is Super Tuesday, and I want to thank you all. I tell you what, I'm rushing ahead, aren't I? Detail. That's something I've heard from some voters, maybe not at your events, but well, details. No, but the details are irrelevant. I just spoke at, a, at Dartmouth on health care. At the medical school, or not, I guess I wasn't actually on the campus, but the people from the medical school were at the, I'm, I want to be clear, I'm not going nuts, I'm not sure whether it was the medical school or where the hell I spoke, but it was on the campus. And folks, you know, all those Democrats who won uh, against incumbents, uh, from Jimmy Carter to a guy named Clinton, to a guy named Obama, my good friend, guess what? They had overwhelming African-American support. Although I admit, uh, Sully and his wife at an event in Los Angeles back in the, in the spring, late fall, early, I mean, late spring, late winter, early fall, early, anyway, you know what I mean. <laughs> you must register that weapon. You must register it. When you register it, the likelihood of it being used diminishes exponentially. One of the things I'm proudest of is getting passed, getting moved, get, getting control of the Paris Climate Accord. I'm the guy that came back after meeting with Deng Xiaoping and making the case that I believe China would join if we put pressure on them. Why in God's name should someone who's clipping coupons in the stock market make, in fact, pay a lower tax rate than someone who, in fact, is, uh, like I said, the, a school teacher and a firefighter? Shipping and support our campaign. Text Joe 23. Excuse me, I got to get this right. Joe 230330. We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by the gold. You know the, you know the thing. And now we have over 120 million dead from COVID. That is, that is the weak. Look, it, they asked the question in 1984. Ronald Reagan of the strength, the stamina, the, the mental alertness to be president. Because he had a terrible first debate with Walter Mondale. He answered that question in the second debate. It was over. And you Monday already are the oldest president in history, and some of your staff say you were tired after your most recent encounter with Mr. Mr. Uh, Mondale. Um, I recall yet that President Kennedy had to go for days on end with very little sleep during the Cuba Missile Crisis. Is there any doubt in your mind that you would be able to function in such circumstances? Not at all, Mr. Truett, and I, and I want you to know that also I will not make age an issue of this campaign. I am not going to exploit for political purposes, my opponent's youth and inexperience. Game over, checkmate, and he won by a landslide, 49 states. We the people have not weighed in here, but I'm going to tell you something. Joe's been at this 51 years. Donald Trump's been at it less than four. He's been the most transformative and the boldest president you look at every promise from where he's the, the positions on tax cuts, judges building the wall, 200 and what, 15, 20 miles. Now we'll have over 400 miles by Election Day, nearly 500 by the end of the year. You want to know what America will look like if under uh, with Schumer 
and Nancy and Joe. Nearly 150 years of failed leadership, if you even want to call it leadership. You know, every single issue that comes up, where does Joe stand? We know where the president stands. You know, we got this Black Lives Matter leader. Again, you know, people that use the phrase Black Lives Matter, that's different than the group that was out there chanting, what do we want dead cops? When do we want them now? And pigs in a blanket fry them like bacon or the greater New York will play this later. Black Lives Matter president, a guy by the name of Hawk Newsom was was on Fox with Martha McCallum this week, you know, saying basically, if the U.S. doesn't give us what we want, we will burn this system down. We will burn down this system. His words. Where does Joe stand on that? Okay, what they're telling us at at, at five thirty eight, it's a historically large lead over Trump. Okay, well I take that seriously. What do I keep saying? You down by a you down by a touchdown, down by six, two minute drill, no timeouts, cross the plane, hit, kick the extra point. That's what it's going to take. Over one hundred and twenty million have died from coronavirus. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men and women are created, you know, by the, you know, the, oh, 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 you know, the thing. You mean God, the creator of everything, that guy. You know, he says he'll, we know where he stands. He's going to raise your taxes. We know where he stands. He's going to, he's going to eliminate natural gas, oil, the lifeblood of the world's economy. You know, we know where he stood on coronavirus, xenophobia and hysteria and fear mongering. You know, we know, you know, we'd like to know. Daily Caller asked Joe, where does he stand on removing Washington, Grant, Roosevelt, you know, Jesus statues? And, of course, they got no answer. We know that, you know, we, we, we don't know where Joe stands on anything. I look at these polls and I see that they're slanted, heavily Democrat. They don't, most of them don't even have likely voters. I see a lot of flaws in them. Uh, but can, is there a reality that a shadow, that a ghost can be elected? with the mob and the media covering for him? Absolutely. I've experienced this. You know, we, nobody, very few of us, and we led the way in vetting Obama. We did it almost alone. There were a couple of others that were involved, but not many of us. You know, it's, this is a real possibility. I argue Pelosi, Schumer, Biden, and Ocasio-Cortez is America it will make this country unrecognizable. Where does Joe stand? Facebook, you know, um, for example, where does he stand on all of these issues with monuments? Why didn't he make changes in police reform after Ferguson, after Cambridge, after Baltimore? Why did he take the positions he's taken on segregation? Why did he praise the former Klansman, Robert KKK Byrd? You know, he hasn't had to answer any of these questions Donald Trump gets asked every question. If he doesn't talk for five seconds, the media is not talking to us. And all they do is they want to engage in, in basically their own little private debate with him and set every trap they possibly can. Now we have House Democrats looking to make D.C. a state. That's right. Washington, D.C., they passed it in the House. Now we see that the Senate, they don't want real police reform. Donald Trump did it on chokeholds. Donald Trump did criminal justice reform. Barack and Joe didn't do it. You know, Donald Trump committed more money for more years for historically black colleges than than Joe or Barack. You know, Obamacare. Joe wants to expand it. Well, what happened to keep your doctor, keep your plan? And not, the average family is going to save twenty five hundred dollars a year. Well, now the average Americans paying two hundred percent more. Almost 40 percent of the country now has only one Obamacare exchange option. That's it. And millions lost their doctors and lost their plans. Well, how's that for your future? or Medicare for all, or the new Green Deal, 
and had it, you know, might be appealing to young people. Everything's free, 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 free. You know, why can't they answer the Daily Caller's questions about removing Washington Grant, Roosevelt, Jesus? No answer. Of course, it's not stupid of Terry McAuliffe to want to keep him in the basement. He only sees two people a day. Not a dumb idea when the guy's not capable of really communicating at this particular point. What is what would he do in Seattle? Nobody's asked him. What would he do now that City Hall in New York is being occupied? What does he have to say about the greater New York Black Lives Matter president uh, saying that if the U.S. doesn't give us what we want, we'll burn down this system? How does he feel? There's an article today. We've got certain groups now wanting to remove Mount Rushmore in, in, in South Dakota. Where's Joe stand on that? You know, New York's spinning out of control. Where does he stand on defunding the police? What are his what are his police reform proposals? Where does he stand on any of this? We don't know. Well, we really do, because wherever the, the radical extreme Democratic Party is there, so shall he be. Why haven't Democrats fixed the violence in Chicago and the broken school systems in every blue state run for decades by Democrats? Why hasn't he fixed any of this? You know, Pelosi is now calling for a commission to decide on whether Washington and Jefferson statute should be torn down. A commission. Where does she stand on her own father putting up memorials in Baltimore at the time? By the way, we, where does he stand? For example, as a report, New York Post, according to uh, uh, an investigative reporter, they have anti-cop protesters who are in Portland now, Oregon, you know, near a police precinct. And North Portland, quote, looks like a war zone, according to one journalist there. What does he plan? How does he plan? Why did you go against the coronavirus? What did you do in 50 years, Joe? What did you do for 51 years? Tell us. Because the record I see in eight years as vice president is pathetic. You didn't create record job uh, lows for African-Americans, Hispanic-Americans, Asian-Americans, uh, women in the workplace, youth unemployment, African-American youth unemployment. Trump did that. Now Trump is, look at the jobs. They were off by 11.5 million in the month of May. We gained 2.5 million. They predicted 9.5 million would be lost. We had the greatest retail sales month in the history of the country at 18%. And we're not even opening the entire country yet. A lot of places slow to do anything. You want to know how bad coronavirus response would be? Just look at Joe. How much worse off would we have been? So I'm not where the mob is, the media is, but I am saying nobody knows the answer. And I can tell you that if you love America and you love liberty and you love freedom and you love capitalism and you believe in peace through strength and you want, you know, constitutionalists on the court and you want secure borders and you want law and order, well, you have a candidate. That would be Donald Trump. The mob, the media, they will do everything they can do to defeat him. They haven't factored in one thing. You, the American people. So in reverse order, Paul Manafort, they sent in a book. It looked like he got all sorts of cash. It turned out to be a fraud. What they did to that man, what they did to Paul Manafort, Roger Stone, what they've done to Roger Stone, because he knew me. He wasn't on the campaign except the very, very beginning. What they did with Roger Stone, what they did to General Flynn. And how about Papadopoulos? I didn't know Papadopoulos. But what they put him through, he turned out to be totally, they had a tape of his conversation that was supposed to be, this conversation was like a perfect conversation. They also have a tape of Flynn's conversation with the Russian ambassador, which is a normal thing to do. You're going to have that position. 
you start calling up because you want to coordinate between countries. And the tape was up, as I you said, with the Russia, with the Ukrainian situation. It was a perfect tape. It was a perfect conversation that he had. What they've done to, Ger to General Flynn, who's a nice man, tough guy, smart guy, a great general. I'll tell you, General Milley said he's one of the finest people. You know, he's a, just a good man, Flynn. What happened to him, the way they went after him, and if you remember, you remember well, the FBI left, they said he did nothing wrong. They said he didn't lie. They didn't say he lied. They said he didn't lie. They persecuted him. All right, that was from my interview with the president last night. Glad you're with us. Hour two, Sean Hannity Show, 800-941-SEAN, if you want to be a part of this uh, extravaganza. You know, when you really, really think, and we were talking about polls and talking about the state of the campaign and, and so on and so forth, it is one of the saddest things I've ever seen in my life that all of this has happened. Everything that that our wonderful ensemble cast has brought to you over the, the course of three years and, and maybe 10 congressmen really going all in to get to the truth. You know, Jim Jordan had a great quote yesterday. Uh, we now know how political the Justice Department was during the whole Russia probe. They spied on four American citizens associated with a presidential campaign. We now know that was totally bogus. In order to spy on those Americans, they lied to the courts. They used that to get a warrant to spy on our fellow Americans. And I'll add to that, it was premeditated fraud on the FISA court. Now, the struck notes that came out this week, you know, what did it reveal? That Comey, Obama, Joe had the transcripts. They knew the call with Kislyak was lawful and they didn't care. You know, Sidney Powell saying that Michael Flynn planned to audit the intelligence agencies before the FBI prosecution, but... You know, this this was manipulated at the highest levels of government. Joe and Barack were in the room. Joe's the one that brought up the Logan Act. Now, has anybody asked Joe that question? And I mean, we're now we're now in the middle of an election in 130 days. And Joe is like a ghost. Nowhere to be seen or heard. It is it is beyond corruption and abuse of power. This was an attempted coup. The mob, the media, they don't care. They don't want the truth. Um, and it's, you know, our, our final hope really is John Durham and Bill Barr. Anyway, Greg Jarrett is with us. Uh, John Solomon is with us, investigative reporter, justthenews.com. Greg wrote two best-selling books on this. Carrie Pickett is a reporter, Washington Examiner. She has a column out this about all of this how the head of a Department of Defense think tank under the scrutiny of Republican lawmakers for his role in counterintelligence surveillance efforts of President Trump managed to have his job responsibilities rewritten to escape oversight in Congress, which is another big deal. Uh, Kerry, we'll start with your news first. Uh, good to have you back. Thanks for having me, Sean. Yeah, this is uh, fairly interesting because we have a, a man by the name of uh, James Baker. Now, mind you, the name sounds familiar. There's a number of James Bakers. Uh, in this case, uh, we have a name, uh, his name is uh, James Baker of the Office of Net Assessment. Okay. And his uh, name came up in the past because we heard the name Stefan Halper. And Jim Baker, he contracted out a job to uh, Stefan Halper over at the Office of Net Assessment. And we found out about that simply because 
the Office of a Net Assessment, it, 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 it's a, a think tank that was established back in 1973 to uh, what it does, it, it, it it, it essentially looks at uh, American military weaknesses. It, 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 it uh, does that to provide strategic roadmaps to uh, help the uh, Pentagon ward off uh, threats. Uh, to and, and, and that's its basic job. And it was very good during the uh, Cold War. Uh, however, what ended up happening was over the years, people were wondering, um, well, why is it that we still have this particular think tank? And by the time we got to the Obama administration, people were like, well, why aren't we getting any more net assessments? Their job is to put out a net assessment every single year. Well, they found out that by 2016, they weren't getting any net assessments. And they asked this guy, Jim Baker, um, why aren't you pr- producing any any sort of net assessment for us whatsoever? Because they failed to, to produce any net assessments since 2007. So what he uh, ended up doing, essentially, was uh, he uh, ended up changing his 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 a job by uh, by essentially rewriting his his a job, and uh, that's that's essentially at the uh, at the heart of this. Now, as far as he is concerned, uh, we've already found out, as far as Jim Baker is concerned, is that he has been accused by Sidney Powell for being one of the leakers. Uh, to the uh, Flint case, uh, because apparently he is uh, he's in some trouble right now because people are wondering whether or not he was the one behind the uh, Flint Kislyak call leak to David Ignatius. So he's in some trouble right now. Let me go to John Solomon at JustTheNews.com. John, I mean, that's another big part of it. Now that we can stand back and now that we have the Inspector General's report, you, you really did a, a great piece on what Barr is saying, the things that he's indicating are coming, and, yeah. and your sources and, and J- uh, Greg's sources and my sources say that it's, it's significant, it's real. Grand juries, we expect to be impaneled now with the COVID passing, especially in some areas. Um, and on top of that, that there's going to be real accountability here. That's what all my sources are now pointing towards. Yeah, there's no doubt. Uh, this investigation is very advanced. It's looking at four or five areas. The most obvious one is the one that you and I have been talking about since 2017 with Greg and Kerry and others, and that's that they, they deceived the uh, FISA court. Was there an intentional, willful, illegal attempt uh, to uh, deceive the FISA court? That case is coming into clear focus. The second is, did they uh, wrongly pursue General Flynn after the evidence said he should have been exonerated? And now we know that Barack Obama and Joe Biden were involved in that process. In fact, they step into the process at the very moment the FBI career agents are decided that uh, Mike Flynn's done nothing wrong and they should close down the case. And that's when Barack Obama and Joe Biden suddenly show up meeting with the FBI in a meeting that should never have occurred under the FBI rules. They're looking at the origins of the case. And uh, uh, Attorney General Barr said something very profound this past week when he was on Maria Bartiroma, and that is, uh, yeah, we're looking to see what happened before the FBI had a very for, uh, its formal opening of the investigation, July 31st, 2016. And he said, I want to say it's important that Christopher Steele's work began before July. He's putting a big hint that some of those activities in January to July might have something to do with the Halpers and the um, uh, Steeles starting to agitate before the FBI even had a formal investigation. Those are going to be the three primary areas that they're going to be looking at. You know, and, and Greg, let's build on that. What do you see and who do you identify based on what John's describing here? 
Well, I would be looking at James Comey, Andrew McCabe, Peter Strzok, uh, Lisa Page, you know, John Brennan, James Clapper, uh, all of these people who were involved. And, you know, I, I wrote a, uh, a column in April that said, when this Flynn case is dismissed, he should sue the very people in government that persecuted him under the pretext of a legitimate prosecution. So, you know, you, you really have two avenues here. You have the Durham criminal investigation, I think, will result in charges. But then Flynn should also sue. He, you know, people think that government officials have absolute immunity. They don't. Uh, there's the Tort Claims Act. There's Supreme Court decisions. Uh, and he is going to be a multimillionaire before all of this is over. Uh, and, you know, people like Comey, McCabe, Strzok, and others, they better hire some pretty good defense attorneys, both civil and criminal, because they're going to need them. Well, I hate to tell you this, Greg. My sources have been telling me they're all lawyered up with all notable uh, <laughs> law firms in Washington, D.C. I've that, heard that, too. When it, when it becomes known, what's going to be a who's who of Washington, D.C. law firms. And, you know, at the end of the day, I mean, look at what happened to Papadopoulos. How is it possible that in four days from now, Roger Stone, who had a jury four person that was biased against him. This is way before she ever got on the jury. We, we I, I thought we had fair and impartial juries as a as a right in this country. Apparently not because she had such a hatred and bias towards all things Roger specifically, all things Trump specifically, and then the judge just dismisses any idea that you could uh, have a, a retrial, which any fair-minded judge would demand immediately. And the person that that didn't fill out the questionnaire pro properly would be asked. Uh, then you've got, you know, Paul Manafort's case was dead, gone, and buried. We know that the Flynn case was supposed to be closed until... Peter Strzok and the seventh floor, James Comey and company opened it up, leading up to that White House meeting, leading up to uh, Joe Biden saying the Logan Act and, and Obama saying, make sure we get the right people, our people on this. Sounds to me like, oh, you know, the people that will do our bidding on this. Right. Um, you know, I, 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 when are we going to find out what they knew and when they knew it? We'll start with Kerry. Well, here's what's interesting is that as far as uh, Jim Baker's connection to uh, to a Flynn, uh, because uh, Jim Baker more than likely didn't want uh, Flynn to ever find out with the fact that the ONA wasn't really doing anything, which was supposed to be producing net assessments, uh, they ended up uh, Flynn ended up appointing a man by the name of Adam Lovinger over to uh, over to, to to essentially make sure that net assessments were going to be done. He, he appointed Lovinger over at the National Security Council to help fill the void. And uh, and so when Lovinger went over to do his job, uh, then Flynn ended up getting fired during that time period. And then Baker found a chance to then strip Lovinger of his security clearance and then also suspended Lovinger's detail. And at that point, basically left Lovinger out to dry. So, But during that time period, right before that happened, Lovinger became a whistleblower, and he called out the whole issue of Stefan Halper. He said all these contracts are being given to politically connected uh, you know, 
contractors such as Stefan Halper said all of these people are, are, are having their, their, their pockets it, it, padded. It, it, you, you got the floodgates open. This is not even now anything we, we need to do a hell of a lot more digging on. Because based on the evidence that we've all put together, all of us, there's enough to indict and convict beyond, you know, the standard, of course, beyond reasonable doubt. I mean, we will get there. Um, it's a matter of when and, and how all signs point towards the summer. Well, it's almost the summer. I guess uh, now we can say officially it's summer. All right, wrapping things up, John Solomon, Greg Jarrett, Kerry Pickett. All right, John, when do you expect that something very, very big is going to happen here? Because now you expect it. Yeah, listen, I, I think it's going to be in the late August, early September time frame. I think it's going to take that long to get the grand juries fired up to get there. I think a lot of the groundwork is done, but the grand juries are slowing things down. The guidance I'm getting is that that's the time frame to look at it. Very end of summer, maybe Labor Day just after. In the meantime, keep an eye on three Senate committees, Grassley, Johnson, and Graham. Lots of big interviews going on behind the scenes. There's going to be some bombshells dropped before we go on vacation in August. And your last word, Greg Jarrett. Unscrupulous FBI officials uh, set up targeted frame people. Uh, then Mueller's team of overzealous prosecutors without any principle of respect for the law went after them with a vengeance. They all need to be held accountable, both civilly and criminally. All right. And last word, we have 15 seconds. Kerry. Uh, Grassley has uh, a lot to look at when it comes to uh, Jim Baker and the ONA. This isn't done yet because there's a lot more to uh, come out on what he has done in the past and uh, what the uh, and what the Senate wants to look at with him going into the future. All right. Thank you all for being with us. We appreciate it. Uh, 800-941-SEAN, toll-free number. We'll get to your calls when we come back. We are now 39 days away from the release of Live Free or Die, America and the World on the Brink. I've never believed that this is the tipping point moment we all talk about. You see the mob and the media is all in. You see the the false promises of socialism. And we have the whole history of it in in Live Free or Die. Uh, You see the principles that uh, built this great country are being abandoned. And you get to compare the two agendas. I got it all covered. And by the way, we have it up on Hannity.com if you want to take a look. When we come back, wide open phones. Uh, And then we'll take a look at the Occupy Zone that is now being built in New York City as Seattle begins to dismantle next. All right, 25 now until the top of the year. I'm talking to Linda. She goes, Joe, who? Joe Biden is who? 120 million. Let's just give like the sampling. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men and women are created, you know, by by the thing. You you know the, the thing. You know, it's amazing this has to be vetted. You know, I'm, I'm watching the pollsters, watching the mob and the media, watching they're so overconfident. I mean, they're feeling it. They're like, every poll, Donald Trump is losing. And when he loses, they're actually saying when he loses, as if we don't exist, as if Trump supporters don't exist. Now, look, I, I don't have a crystal ball. My attitude about elections is right now, anybody that tells you, anybody, that they know how this is going to turn out does not know what the hell they're talking about. Now, anecdotally, we had all those primaries where President Trump broke every single solitary record. I know the narrative on Donald Trump is, oh, American people can't take four more years of this. They're sick of it all. All the fighting, they, they started it. You know, like uh, it's Donald Trump's fault that, you know, he literally had an attempted coup and the media tried to help for three years. That's his fault, right? 
and the same with the ridiculous impeachment nonsense, all while ignoring quid and pro and quo and Joe and the Russia hoax conspiracy theory. Yeah, the only Russian interference that we know for sure is the dirty Russian misinformation dossier now debunked that was used to spy on a candidate, a transition team and a president. You know, we're going to just forget all the record uh, unemployment levels and the, and the great economy Donald Trump gave us. And frankly, his handling of the coronavirus and Joe saying it's xenophobic and hysteria and fear mongering and, and so on and so forth. What would Joe have done on every single question? Just ask yourself, where, where does Joe stand on this? Do you know where he stands on anything? Joe doesn't know where he stands on anything. Joe, Joe needs to debate Joe before he can debate Trump. So it's a little funny. I mean, it just and this guy has to come out of the basement bunker, came out, poked his head out yesterday. Again, another massive flub on his part. We'll listen to that and the greatest hits. And now we have over 120 million dead from COVID. If you agree with me, go to Joe 30330. I'm here to ask you for your help where I come from. You don't get far unless you ask. My name's Joe Biden. I'm a Democratic candidate for the United States Senate. Look me over. If you like what you see, help out. If not, vote for the other guy. Give me a look, though, okay? We choose truth over facts. Play the radio. Make sure the television, excuse me, make sure you have the record player on at night. The, the, the phone. Make sure the kids hear words. No man has a right to raise a hand to a woman. We have to just change the culture, period, and keep punching at it and punching at it and punching at it. Poor kids are just as bright and just as talented as white kids. But if Donald Donald Trump is reelected. Freudian slip. Donald Trump does pose an excellent strength to this. It's not hypothetical. We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by go. You know the you know the thing. Words that stun the nation, and I would argue, I know, shock the world. International leaders spoke about it. You had people like Margaret Thatcher. Excuse me. You had people like the, the former chairman and leader of the party in in Germany. You had Angela Merkel. Just like in my generation, when I got out of school, that. Uh, when Bobby Kennedy and Dr. King had been assassinated in, in the 70s, uh, late 70s, when I got engaged. My son, the one who, my deceased son, was the Attorney General of the United States, and before that, he was a federal prosecutor in one of the largest offices in the country, the, in, in Philadelphia. Look, tomorrow is Superstar Tuesday, and I want to thank you all. I tell you what, I'm rushing ahead, aren't I? Detail. That's something I've heard from some voters, maybe not at your events, but well, details. No, but the details are irrelevant. I just spoke at, a, at Dartmouth on health care at the medical school. Or not, I guess I wasn't actually on the campus, but the people from the medical school were at the... I, I want to be clear. I'm not going nuts. I'm not sure whether it was the medical school or where the hell I spoke, but it was on the campus. And folks, you know, all those Democrats who won... Uh, against incumbents, uh, from Jimmy Carter to a guy named Clinton, to a guy named Obama, my good friend, guess what? They had overwhelming African-American support. Although I had met uh, Sully and his wife at an event in Los Angeles back in the, in the spring, late fall, early, I mean, late spring, late winter, early fall, early, anyway, you know what I mean. <laughs> you must register that weapon. You must register it. When you register it, the likelihood of it being used diminishes exponentially. One of the things I'm proudest of 
is getting passed, getting moved, getting control of the Paris Climate Accord. I'm the guy that came back after meeting with Deng Xiaoping and making the case that I believe China would join if we put pressure on them. Why in God's name should someone who's clipping coupons in the stock market make, in fact, pay a lower tax rate than someone who, in fact, is, uh, like I said, the, a school teacher and a firefighter? Shipping and support our campaign. Text Joe 23. Excuse me, I got to get this right. Joe to 30330. We hold these truths to be self evident. All men and women created by the. Go, you know the you know the thing. And now we have over 120 million dead from COVID. Uh, yeah, okay. Anyway, let's get to our phones here. 800 941 Sean, you want to be a part of the extravaganza? Uh, oh, Joe LJ. Joe's been with this program since 1996. A uh, longtime friend of the program, Joe and LJ, great American. Glad you called, sir. And it is a happy Friday to you. 130 days till the American people make the ultimate choice. Sean, that was a great interview you did last night with Trump in your town hall meeting. And I, I think you're going to lead him to a, a great victory. And I have I have sent my 4,000 Facebook friends an email saying, be sure to buy the Sean Hannity new new book, Live Free or Die. And Sean, we love, we love you down here in LJ. And, uh, I just can't say enough about the great things you're doing for Donald John Trump. And, and I'm confident that he's going to win. I mean, I know, I think our people are really fired up, and I think the media is underestimating. And I don't trust the polls, and I know you don't either. But, uh, Sean, you're, you're great. You're no Well, I appreciate it, Joe. You're, you're a dear friend. Uh, th- yeah, 39 days, we will release it. It is the definitive what is at stake for the country and the world in this election. The failure of socialism. The great underpinnings of the principles that made us the greatest country God gave man. What that means is, you know, we've accumulated all this power and abused it less, as Barry Farber would say, and used it to advance the human condition. We right wrongs. We correct injustices. We want to become a more perfect union. As the president says, one glorious nation under God and one united American family. It's kind of hard when people are trying to destroy you and undo elections all the time and cheat any way they can. But look, I, I take a very different tack. Thanks again, Joe. I, here's my tact. I am playing the next 100 days with this mindset. We're down by six. We have no timeouts. It's a two-minute drill, and you got to cross the plane, and you got to hit the extra point if you want to win. Uh, For a Republican, it's always harder. Florida, Georgia, North Carolina, Ohio. You got to hopefully win Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin. But I I couldn't believe the shipyard yesterday in Wisconsin. I was blown away. Um, And this is going to create 10,000 jobs. Also for people in Michigan, ironically, or just across the water. Um, And just an amazing American fleet being built, rebuilding our military. Another promise made, promise kept, uh, which ended up being the longest chapter in Live Free or Die. Uh, We have the cover release on Hannity.com if you haven't seen it. So I'm just saying, this is it. I am acting as though every vote matters. You know why? Because it does. Every deck is stacked against this president. You have the biggest contribution ever made to any presidential campaign in history. And that is even more than when Obama ran. And that is a mob in the media. And they never vetted Obama. They are all in to, and they're confident. They're saying it now. When he loses, 
I actually heard that on fake news CNN. When he when he loses, I guess we don't exist yet. We're just smelly Walmart shoppers, and we're the fifteen percent that Biden said that <clears throat> are just despicable people and you know irredeemable deplorables. And we believe in God and our our Second Amendment, our Bibles and religion. Uh, okay, well Joe's going to have to talk at some point. Let's see what happens. Rose in Minnesota. Rose, how are you? I would say Minnesota can be in play this year, too. Oh, gosh, I hope so. We got to go and turn Republican. This is so sad. Hey, great job last night, Sean. Great job. You know, I was wondering, is it possible, do you think, that they're going to keep Biden in to the very last minute, then they're going to get the doctor who says, you know, he's got dementia or something's wrong with him, and then put anybody they want in so that person can then skip all the debates skip all the anything and just kind of slide right in and people will be so impressed they're going to vote for for that person. Listen, I put nothing past anything that the Democrats will do last minute. I mean, I, I'm telling you right now, it's not if, it's what. There will be October surprises. They'll, they'll, they'll do anything to win, but they did that the last time and we shocked the world. Right now, the experts are all saying Donald Trump can't win. Donald Trump can't win. I don't believe that. I don't believe that at all. They said that all the last time. They got it all wrong the last time. Um, I th- there is a level of arrogance, uh, and and they're so overconfident that because they really have convinced themselves in the media mob that that they have successfully transformed the minds and hearts of the American people, and that they have you know so successfully bloodied this guy up that you know a ghost. Well, it's really a ghost, the ghost of, of Biden, the weak, confused, confounded, you know, former vice president, a shadow of his former self. But you know what? I just, you know what? I haven't factored in one little one little thing here is we the people get a say. And I would even say that we need is every single vote will matter. Look at it that way. Every single swing state matters. And if you have that mindset that we got two minutes left, we're behind by six, and we got to cross the plane, Linda has no idea what that means, and kick the extra point to win, then I think that uh, that will create sufficient urgency. And you can always think of it this way, and I'll give you the last word, Rose, in a second. You know, imagine the mob, if they have to ever utter the words, we can now project Donald J. Trump has been reelected the 45th president of the United States. Imagine them choking on that. Because that's what will happen. Last word. Go ahead. Okay. I just know you used to say people are smart. You always said that. People are smart. I don't think so. Look at Minneapolis. Look at what they're doing. That is not smart. So thank you. And great job. Well, it's not everybody's smart. I think the American people, by and large, um, let me give you an, thank you for the call. But let me give you an example of anecdotally yesterday. So we do this town hall. We decided to follow the recommendations of the county that we were in. And and I had an opportunity to fly on Marine One with the president as he went over to this shipyard where they're building 10 huge Navy ships. And I, I got to interview him also there, what we call a walk and talk on TV. And I'm looking at these magnificent ships. And now the president says, ultimately, it's going to be they're building 20 of them and it's going to be over 10,000 jobs. I look at the China deal and what that did for Wisconsin dairy farmers. And, you know, you look at the enthusiasm. I, you know, I guess they're just counting on Joe hiding. It's not a stupid strategy. I said this earlier in the program. 
you know, Terry McAuliffe is a lot of things. He's not dumb. He's he understands the game. He was with Bill Clinton from the beginning. He became the governor of the Commonwealth of Virginia. He understands politics, and I'm sure he wishes his comments about Joe did not go public, which are that I'm fine with him in the basement. He can stay people in the basement. People say all the time, oh, we got to get the vice president out of the basement. He's fine in the basement. <laughs> two people see him a day, his two body people. That's it. And let Trump keep doing what Trump's doing. It's hard for the vice president to break through. I mean, it says it all. Uh, Rose, thank you. Coming up next, our final news roundup and information overload hour. That phone. Let me go. I do. If my face is on your phone, I swear to God, baby, I will, I will get all your money. I, I think she's serious. I think she will f*** you up. And her follow-up is right there. Thank you. Against the law to insult a man in blue. You understand how it's not a normal conversation? Uh, you guys get called why, all the time. Why we're concerned? And you get, and you take down the blacks, and you get video. dismantled the police uh, i i think infinitely honestly how much better off would the would the black community be if we separated the police from them how much better off would we all be i'd rather have something that doesn't work without them than what we currently have which is something that doesn't work with them the police should go back to being you know members of the community abolish the police absolutely i think that they are Disgusting. Policing in this country is about keeping black people down. They're, they're monsters. I hate the police. Police arose out of slave catching patrols. The police are an occupying army. Like, I just hate the police and everything that they stand for. How do people you think feel like an East Harlem about the NYPD? I probably the same way I feel about them, you know? I probably worse. How much rage is there on the streets against the police these days by the black community? A ton now, but I think there always has been a lot for good reason. Fair to say the police harm more than they help. Yeah. So I decided to go see the rage on the streets firsthand. So I'm here in Harlem on Malcolm X Boulevard to ask the people, is this true? What do you think of the people who say, oh, your community will be better off if there was no police? 
How dangerous do you think it would make this neighborhood if that was the case? Very dangerous because it would be crazy. People would be just going crazy. You know what I mean? It would be worse than what it is. Robbery, looting, raping, murder. You know I think there was a movie like that. I think it was called The Purge. What would you think would happen in this community if they looked to abolish the police? It would be happening. Abolishing the NYPD, that'd be suicide. But yes, they're needed. I uh, I push for them to be here. There's too many criminals out here, man. Are you kidding me? I wouldn't feel safe. No, we need control in the city. So I think the, the police, the police are necessary. We need them here. We need them. But you need the police to police the land, man, and the people. You know. I have family members under police. I respect the police. I would not want to see a lawless uh, society. But my son, he's eight now. He wants to be a police. I want to push him to be a police. Would you say the relationship between the community and NYPD are pretty good? Bad? I would say it's pretty good. All police officers are not bad. That was Ami Horowitz. I mean, just fascinating stuff that he does as a documentarian with a with a sense of humor also. But I don't think there's a lot of humor in all this defund the police. We see now what has happened. We see the result. The first tape we played was uh, Shelby Talcott. She is a media reporter for the Daily Caller, literally, you know, saying they're going to F her up and, and you know, you're going to get destroyed. And, you know, I thought liberals, compassionate people on the left, they actually cared about young women and their safety and their security. And you would think that they actually believe in, a, in an autonomous zone that happens to have walls usually around them. This particular case in dc in in the right to of people to ask questions in the media apparently not uh then you have that incident with the crazy lady the police are nowhere near her and they're trying to have a conversation she accuses them of being the of murdering black people and then when they they try to listen to her and try and reason whether she just starts screaming uh, which now all the you know this this is the job in the life of being a cop these days which is pretty miserable Anyway, Shelby joins us. She is with The Daily Caller. Ami is with us uh, as well. Shelby, first of all, I mean, it sounded really dangerous. I mean, there was, I assume all that audio and video is, is of you uh, getting threatened that way. Is that correct? Hey, Sean. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So um, all of that is sort of leading up to the main uh, incident, which was where uh, one of the females screaming at me actually grabbed my phone. And the mob sort of surrounded me and was was really pushing me around just left and right. Uh, and literally physically assaulting you when you had to get out of there and pretty much run for your life. Yeah. So actually, uh, one of my coworkers managed to get sort of in the middle of this mob and pushed me into a police line where uh, a few officers dragged me through the police line. Um, and then the protesters were angry at my coworker for doing that because I, I'm assuming they wanted to continue um, with what, you know, assaulting me. Unbelievable. It's pretty scary. You don't think it can happen here. Uh, I'm so sorry you had to go through that. Number one, Ami's crazy. So, Ami, I'm kind of, I don't feel as bad for you because you put yourself in the middle of everything. That's what you do for a living. Uh, but this shouldn't happen to anybody. You experienced this when you went to the Chop and Chaz zone, the autonomous zone, the summer of love zone. Yeah, uh, look, it is. It, what is Chaz Chop? I mean, it, re it represents the neo-Marxism of its founders, and frankly, many of the leaders of the of the Black Lives Matter movement. It's really a representation of what they envisioned the entire country should become. 
And what is that? It's a lawless place where there is, in fact, a tremendous amount of violence if they want something from you, or if, God forbid, you don't represent their belief system. We, Like Shelby, we, we were threatened numerous times, um, both by unarmed and very, very armed people. Um, it was it was an extremely dangerous place. People were shot and killed there, as as we know. Shelby experienced it. This is exactly what they envision our country to become if they get a hold of it. Let me play now, uh, Martha, on the story on Fox News. Martha McCallum uh, had on the Greater New York uh, area Black Lives Matter president. His name is uh, Hawk Newsom, and let me play what he played. And by the way, as we speak in New York City. Uh, outside of City Hall, uh, Gracie Mansion, this is where the Comrade de Blasio lives. You now have 400 demonstrators now pretty much parking there and, and creating their own little, uh, uh, you know, Occupy City Hall zone. And it's going to be interesting to see how the mayor deals with it. Uh, but listen, listen to what this leader. Remember, there's a distinction between legitimate protesters, people that were outraged with George Floyd. Then you have the group Black Lives Matter. That's the tape that said, what do we want dead cops? When do we want them now? Uh, pigs in a blanket, fry them like bacon. And here's what this individual, again, the greater New York Black Lives Matter president had to say. I watched you, you know, talking in, on a bunch of different interviews today. And you said, burn it down. You said, burn it down. It's time. So that makes me think I, that, I you wanna, it's, that you want to burn time. it down. I said, if this country... If this country doesn't give us what we want, then we will burn down this system and replace it. All right. And I could be speaking figuratively. Okay. I could be speaking literally. It's a matter of interpretation. Burn it down. Burn down the system. It's just, has, just a matter of how you take it. Uh, Ami, I'll give you a first crack at that one. Is it, is it? Are we not understanding burn down the system? I think I understand what burn down the system means. I think you understand it totally and completely. What, what did, when I was in Minneapolis, when I was in Seattle, when I was in New York, and I was videotaping and interviewing both the Black Lives Matter leadership and the lay people who were protesting on the ground, every time I asked them a question, should we burn this place down, their answers were emphatically yes. They're not hiding the ball here. They're saying the quiet part out loud. The left has never cared about people. The reason why Mao killed 75 well, let me, let me Hang on. Let me, let me give you context to what you're saying here. Now, and I, and I say it in the context of all these big liberal cities. You know, the 104 people shot in Chicago last weekend, vast majority minorities in America, 12 uh, people shot were kids, 14 people died. We've had more violence than I, I chronicled earlier in the program today since then. And yet, you know, these states, these cities, New York State City, Chicago and Illinois as a state, um, then you can go out to California as another example or Washington state. And what you see is they're run by liberals for decades and you have the most crime and you have the most poverty and you have the worst educational system, you know, combined in these cities. Baltimore would be another example, for example. They don't fix, they don't help people make their lives better. They, they make promises every two and four years and do nothing. They don't even stop the violence in Chicago. And the black people on the street understand that. They understand that paradox. They get that crime is an aggressive tax. What I mean by that is crime affects 
people of color in poor neighborhoods disproportionately more than it affects white people. That's why when I went on the street and I asked the black people, should we have the police separate from you? They were jumping up and down to say, no, we want the police here because they understand that the police are there to protect them. And that's why it's insane. There's such a disconnection between the, the left and the people they are reportedly there to protect, which is black people, people of color, there's a total disconnect. They don't want to protect these people at all. It's always ideology over humanity. That's how it's always been, and I think always will be, frankly. You know, I, by the way, this little side note, I've known Shelby Talcott. She's, she's been a professional tennis player. She's an amazing athlete, and she's doing so well at the Daily Caller. We're really proud of everything you're doing, Shelby. Great job. And you don't mind, I hope you don't mind me giving that little factoid out. But, you no, know, now that you're immersed in this world and you see this, um, I've got to imagine and, and you've been doing this now a couple of years, but I still have to imagine that this is a shock to you because it's not a shock to me. But I think I'm hardened after 31 years of doing this. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think that's the one of the most interesting things is that, you know, coming from somebody who wasn't as involved in politics while I was playing professional tennis, I was often not even in the country. Um, it, it, it sort of opens you up to how many people probably don't even realize that these things are going on and that they're a huge deal, you know? And, you know, now we see these protests are, and riots are happening literally everywhere around the country. But, but you're um, a young woman and you're at a protest and all you're doing is asking innocent questions and you're getting roughed up and they're threatening your life and they're telling them they're going to F you up and you're going to get destroyed. Now, that's a whole other world that I'm sure, and I'm, I bet your parents are nervous. I've known you, you know, your family for a long time, um, I, I, but I'm nervous for you watching it. Yeah, so the, the, I mean, I never expected to experience that, especially here. I've been all over the world. I've been to, you know, not, not the nicest places in Egypt. I've been to Tunisia. I've been to Caracas, Venezuela, um, and I never experienced any of that. And then I'm here, you know, in my home in, in Washington, D.C., and, and you know, I, I experience it. Definitely not Sad. I mean, it would happen. Now, Ami, Ami puts himself in this, and he's made a career out of it, and he's very brave in what he does here. All right, got to take a quick break. More with Shelby Talcott. She's with The Daily Caller. Ami Horowitz, documentarian. And don't forget part two of my town hall with President Trump from Wisconsin tonight. Hannity, Fox News. All right, 25 till the top of the hour, 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program. All right, final half hour on a Friday. Linda, you have anything worthwhile that you've wanted to say all week that I have not given you the opportunity to say this week? You usually have something. You you want to give me an open mic on a Friday? No, just a hello. I'm not saying I want to hear, you know, Hi. war and peace. I want to get to some phone calls. But if you have anything you, you've been holding back because you've been worked up all week. Well, I mean, I th I think if I'm going to part on a Friday, I'm going to just, uh, you know, be peaceful about it and just say, let's let's try to be kind to each other. You know, we're coming into uh, our nation's uh, birthday next week. Let's hope that we can do it peacefully as we come to July 4th and the people who, you know, volunteer July, their lives say to July protect 4th it. again. July, July 4th. 4th. Go ahead. July That's 4th. It's a wonderful thing. Um, say it again. July 4th. July 4th. You know, you, July 4th. You, you can't fix it. <laughs> July First of 4th. all, there's nothing wrong with it, so I don't need to fix it. So let's no, just start it, Actually, I'm just saying, it's, you say July 4th. It's not 4th. It's How do you July say it? 4th. July 4th. July, July 4th. The, July the 4th. Yes. Okay, I'll sound like Sean Hannity. So, <laughs> no, but seriously, I mean, I think it's a great, I mean, you know, I know we've been talking about it a lot, but we're getting ready for this book tour. I've been working on it 
every day, all day, every week. And we have a lot of big announcements coming up. So please, you know, stay tuned to Hannity.com for all that information. And um, here's a tip. I'm hitting the road again. I, I just Something said I that just so, you know, I scooped you like you're like a minute. Yeah, late but you didn't that. quite give the, the, the We're going out on a I'm book giving. tour that wasn't explicit. What, what, what am I missing? Well, sort of. Yes. Uh-huh. Anywho. So we're going to be out on the road. Ow. And uh, we look forward to seeing all you guys. And uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. We're excited about it. 130 days. Uh, I hope everybody buckles up. They think they've won this. They think they can be Joe, the, the ever confused, confounded, weak Joe, can be a ghost candidate and never answer a question. That is That's all, what they're in our darkest on. hours, our darkest moments, the despair of despair that we're feeling now. We've made the greatest, our greatest progress. Remember the biggest contributors to the ever weak, confused uh, Joe, the ghost, is going to be the mob and the media. They are now all things destroy Donald Trump. They're not even hiding it. They're even declaring when Trump gets beaten now. That's what they're saying. We don't count, apparently, meaning we, the people, the voters, and to the degree that they, they keep pushing this narrative i guess some people will fall for it i guess some people might give them some credibility i have none actually sean can i make one more point since we're just talking about some of the things of the week i really think that the fact that you brought up the amount of years that all of these democratic politicians have been in office and their ability to point the finger at somebody who's been here for like just about four it's really to me that that kind of like sums it all up like a picture is worth a thousand words they say but in radio, to actually say the numbers, like Diane Feinstein has been in office for 60 years. Just hang on to that for a minute, Biden, folks. 50. Like, Schumer, yeah. 46. And Pelosi, 50. What did Biden do when he was with Barack Obama? What did he do when he was in office to help us I'm, with getting the community together and rallying around solidifying as a nation as opposed to divisiveness based on gender and color and creed and religion? Absolutely we nothing. Answer. This is and, and after Ferguson, after all right, let, let's get to the phones. This is the guy that didn't even want the 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 travel ban. I mean, it is amazing. But the ghost is going to have to come out. Now we're going to be calling him out, Joe Biden. You are officially invited for the full three hours on this radio show. What do you think oh the odds God, are? He says yes. Why? No. Yes. Yes. No. Joe, can I be come, absent come that day? Excuse you can be you can take the day off. I will be excused. You're excused. Yes. Because you might lose it. Oh I don't God. think we need you to spin you know, it'll be like your your head'll go around three sixty and you'll be projectile vomiting. That's green a poltergeist puke. moment for sure. But no, no, that's called the exorcist moment. But I will say this that if they ever have to in the mob utter the words we can now project that Donald J. Trump has been reelected the forty fifth president. They will choke on those words. You know, that would be worth the price of admission. Just that alone. But no, you know, it would be price of the price yeah. worth of admission would be if, if Joe actually went up and accepted the presidency after he heard he wasn't he didn't win because he's so confused. He wouldn't understand it. That could happen, too. Uh, all right. Let's get to our phones. Let's say hello to uh, Madison is in Dallas. Uh, beautiful Dallas, Texas. Uh, what's going on? How are you? And uh, say hello to our friend Mark Davis down there. I'm great. How are you? I'm great. What's going on? Um, Okay. So, you know, in terms of COVID, looking at um, a hopeful vaccination coming out by the end of the year, um, first off, you know, that's assuming a lot that can get done quickly. But how do you think that's going to play out in terms of the election? Um, President Trump has spoke a lot about it, and he's hopeful for that. But how do you see that impacting the election? And in conjunction with that, 
How do you see that impacting the economy if the vaccination does come out before the end of this year, with it being election year? Listen, I mean, if I'm just looking at the medical experts, looking at all the things, I guess that we now have whittled this down. They are very, very hopeful that they'll have a vaccine of some kind. More importantly, we do know that we have developed better treatments. Right. And, and again, I'm just talking about the medical professionals that we interview, what they are saying. I know a lot of people have been wrong. All the models have been wrong. All the predictions have been wrong. And and so that gets a little frustrating. And and there's been so much wear a mask. Don't wear a mask. Wear a mask. My advice is, you know what, if it means opening the country, wear the wear the mask. Do it with love for grandma, grandpa, mom and dad, because they're the ones that are most susceptible to dying from this. And so but if it, but I'm just telling you, it's only going to be an interim period of time where people have to do that. Myself, um, for varying reasons, I've gotten tested a lot. I've gotten tested for the antibodies. Tests are everywhere. If you have hypertension, cardiovascular disease, diabetes, obesity or chronic lung disease, you're the most vulnerable. And the older you are, you're you're more vulnerable or a compromised immune system. For example, God forbid you're going through chemotherapy or, or some other such treatment. So it, it, that is the one thing we absolutely know. That's why it was so stupid of these four governors to put COVID-19 patients in nursing homes and long-term care facilities. You know, the incidents in Florida are up. You know, I did a deeper dive into the numbers, and what I found is more younger people are getting it. Now, the danger when they get it is if they see mom, dad, grandma, grandpa. That's why I don't want young people to get it, even though the odds of them dying for this are, are remote based on what we know now, what scientists have told us and the medical community, which I guess we can't count on anything they say. But that is pretty much held true throughout all of this. And so I'm saying for me, for the interim, I just do it for a for a OK, if my mom and dad were alive, they're not. I do it for them, for grandma and grandpa. I would do it for them. Or maybe I run into older people. Um, so I'll do it for them as well if, if you can't be socially distant. Um, anyway, thank you. Good call. Appreciate it. Uh, let's go to Nate in Seattle. Oh, how's the Chaz Chop Autonomous uh, Festival Summer of Love Zone going out there, Nate? How does it feel to have say. your city occupied? It's just incredible. You know, uh, Sean, living in Seattle, uh, conservatives learn early on that you can't really express your beliefs around most people. Um, or you risk being assaulted, your house might get vandalized, your tires might get slashed. And what's happening in the shop is just more proof that the mayor and other city officials encourage silencing of dissenting voices. I mean, literally, the mayor is using the mob to silence voices that don't agree with her. So uh, you know, it's, look, it's, I, it's something I, that, that you just put up with in Seattle as a conservative. I, look, I don't want to make this about me, but I mean, it's something I've lived with pretty much most of my career, but especially... If, if you take it to 2000 on, the last 20 years in particular, it's be, the country's become more split. Linda's been out on the road with us. Sweet baby James has been everywhere we go. He's always with us, although he got a pass yesterday, um, and Linda got a pass yesterday, too. So, But when we're on the road, um, believe me, we have incidents, and it's, um, it, look, I, I just, it goes with being a public figure. You know, there's an upside, there's a downside. There's an upside, downside, anything. But I'm telling you, it's the level of intensity has never been this bad. The lack of tolerance has never been this bad. You know, look at Shelby Talcott. I mean, I've known her since she was a pretty young kid, and, and she goes on. She's a professional tennis player. Now she's been with the Daily Caller for a long period of time. 
you know, she said something just in the last half hour that uh, she's traveled all over the world playing professional tennis and was treated better and quote me if I'm wrong, Linda, in places like Venezuela and, and, and Egypt. And I'm like, geez, that, that does not speak well of our country. There seems to be, because of the conditions on the ground and the lack of desire, especially in big cities, to stabilize and create law and order like where you live in Seattle, the real intolerance in America is from the left. It's not from conservatives. You know, all of these caricatures that come up every two and four years are false. I don't know those conservatives that are racist, sexist, misogynist. I don't want I don't want to be a part of anybody that wants dirty air and water and to kill grandma and grandpa. Um, that's not what we believe in. I don't like racist people. I don't know I in, within the conservative movement. I don't know them. And if they're there, I don't want anything to do with them. So this is just a game that they play. But, you know, we keep going. A theme that has come up all week here on this program and on TV, too, is 51 years You've got Joe in office, eight years as vice president. What has he done? What has the ghost done? What has the weak, confused ghost Joe Biden ever done? This is about, you know, let me tell you what the election really, if you want to break it down this way. Okay, this is about Biden, Schumer, Pelosi, and Ocasio-Cortez. That's what the agenda will be. That you can depend on. And that's why I wrote Live Free or Die. Because in Live Free or Die, I go through a history of socialism. I lay out the 2020 Democratic vision for this country, and it is one of predictable failure and poverty. They will destroy liberty and freedom in the process in the name of false security. And you compare it to the Trump agenda and the Trump success over the last four years. Trump's only been in, you know, Pelosi 40 years, Schumer 45, uh, Joe the ghost, 51 years, and Joe doesn't have to answer any questions. And Donald Trump's been in office less than four years. And so I just say to everybody, really? Okay, what have they done in all these years? The mob won't ask the questions. They're the biggest contributors to all things Democratic Party. Anyway, hang in there, Nate. But, you know, if we're going to live in a free country, we ought to be able to speak our mind. And I'm not going to shut up. I don't care anymore. I don't care what the mob and the media thinks, and I don't care what somebody on the street has to say to me. And I just, you know, I'll back away from a fight as long as I can. You know, I'm just, but I'm not going to ever back down in what my belief systems are in terms of a physical altercation. But I can defend myself. I talk about it a lot. Uh, let's go to Mike in New Jersey. Mike, how are you? Glad you called on this Friday. Thanks very much for taking my call, uh, Sean. Um, great supporters of you out here in the uh, Bergen County and when with the New Jersey Conservative Party as well for many years, ran for some posts with them and also I'm a registered Republican. Look, Joe Biden, question I have is how is the campaign to reelect this great president going to flush Joe out of the basement? It's over 80 days. Now, I have a little background in biofeedback. And what I see there is definitely a senility coming on. We used to call it old age senility. It's senility that's coming on. But we also know that Joe has a mendacious background. He's lied a lot in his whole career. And so he's mixing that. That's a bad cocktail. So they're holding him there, holding him in abeyance. It's unprovoked isolation. It's out of sight, out of mind. And I think the president, at the right time, with his great staff and with all of you great guys, including the great one and Rush, which we pray for every day. 
Thank me. Yes, we do play for, pray for Rush. We pray for Rush every day, and the great one is amazing. All three of you are terrific. You've got so many fans here in Bergen County, you wouldn't believe it, all three of you. Listen, we're, we're three voices, but I'm going to tell you something. You know the most important voice is yours. The most important part of the equation in 130 days is you. We. Yes. The American people. Well, I'll, I'll, be happy to, I'll be happy to say I'll be heading up the grassroots campaign here in Bergen County, as I did in 16, and we, we handed out, I don't know how many posters, we put up 150 lawn signs, up 17, up Route 4. We did a great job here. The guys were terrific. Be that as it may, I think the president needs to find a way of flushing old Sleepy Joe out. Get him out in the open, have him start answering questions, because it's, it's a disgrace. What I saw yesterday was a disgrace. The mob is going to protect him as long as possible. He can't hide forever. His record, if if the mob won't do their job, we will. Now, I keep using my analogy, can we lose? The answer is yes, the president can lose. But the only people to stop that are we the people. We smelly Walmart Trump supporters, irredeemable deplorables, that 15 horrible percent that Joe Biden talks of. All right, that's going to wrap things up for here today, another week, um, and we have when we get back Monday, but 127 days to go till the ultimate jury. The, the mob, the media, they'll never do their job. They'll be the biggest contributors to the ever-confused, confounded, weak ghost of a candidate hiding in his basement, Joe Biden. As always, thanks for being with us. Hope you have a great weekend. We'll see you on Monday, 127 days as of Monday, till you become the ultimate jury. See you then.